0: Beautiful people, this is episode 13 of Banter Motivation. I am Day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone. And I mean everyone, except those of you who are eligible to vote, but are not planning to because you can't be bothered. Please don't let me swear for you. Voting is your fundamental right that you need to exercise. Vote, 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 and vote wisely. That's all I'm going to say on this matter today. As you guys might have noticed, I was absent last week and there was no podcast. For those of you that are not following us on Instagram, you probably refreshed and didn't see anything and thought, man, this girl is slacking. The problem is you, not me. If you are not already following us on Instagram, at Bantamotivation, B-A-N-T-S-A-N-D-M-O-T-I-V-A-T-I-O-N. Join the family. That way you can get notifications, alerts, news, updates, emergencies, whatnot, whatnot. Anyway, I was trying to practice what I've been preaching, which is to take care of yourself, your mental health, your wellness, your well-being. And this is I was getting slow, getting sluggish, feeling tired, lacking motivation. And so I had to step back, take some days off, just cool off, chill, not really do a lot of work, not, you know, put out podcasts podcast or edit or do anything like that. Focus on myself, cheer myself up. Actually took a drive, went out of town, you know, met with friends, just things to ginger myself and feel better. And it worked. So, guys, I'm not giving you fake advice, I'm not just telling you stuff, also practicing everything. I don't know about everything, but most of the things I just kid, I kid, I kid. Practicing everything that I have been telling you guys to do. I hope you guys had an amazing week this week and last week. It is officially October. Happy new month guys. We are in the last quarter of 2020. It is almost over October, November, December. Three months to go. Make every single day count. Remember we talked about at the beginning of September. What are your goals? What things do you still want to achieve in this year? How far have you gotten how is your mental health? How are you doing? There has been so much happening in the news. I did try to unplug a little bit. I wasn't able to do that fully, but it's chaotic, guys. So be careful. Be mindful. We're going into the holidays. There might be a lot of extra stress and pressure. Things will definitely be different this year. But remember to stay in control. Remember to remember what I already said. What two, three weeks ago you have to be able to control the little things that you can the rest just let it be don't stress yourself don't do past yourself don't kill yourself you're only one person this week we will be revisiting the dr dre issue saga brouhaha whatever you want to call it because there's you know quite a bit of updates on that also, I'm talking about online dating, and I don't know about you guys. Like I always say, I don't necessarily know that these terms are new. I might just be hearing about them. A lot of them, when you explain, I actually know what it is, but I guess I didn't know it had an official name. So we'll be talking about Whelming. On this week's episode, we have two amazing guests. You guys already know Hot Girl Ayo because she was here, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. And we have all the way from the land of the Queen, Moti. Moti, please, can you just tell us a little bit or tell the people a little bit about yourself by way of introductions?
1: Uh, I mean, what do I say? So, yeah, Buti, um, I live in London now. Uh, been here about almost three years now. Um,
2: oh, yeah, Always been
1: Yeah, it's almost, it'll be three years in February. Yeah. Oh, um, Man U fan. So for all the haters. Hey, how's it yeah. going? Um, we, we, we pulled it out today. It looked good. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I mean, not, not that much special about me. So let's, let's move on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So a bit of a background. I went to uni with Moti in the middle of nowhere, God forsaken place, Lord. And <laughs> Moti was one of the few people that made it bearable. I didn't have a car. So he used to take me to Walmart and he convinced me to start coming to African students, association, blah, blah, blah meetings. So yeah.
1: Stephanie used to make the Jennifer like shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Oh, again, thanks to Muti. I Used to fund it, but <laughs> <laughs> Muti is my buddy from way back when. So thank you so much for joining us today and Ayo as well. So we're going to be talking about relationships as far as dating, the print up thing, of course, once again this is like part three we'll be discussing some funky terms in the online dating world and trying to figure out why men or guys don't join dating sites. And when they do, they're not serious. So guys, I'm sure you guys have read about Dr. Dre, about his wife, all the madness going on right off the bat. What are your general thoughts? we'll start with Moti.
1: Um, so I guess general thoughts, I would say it's a weird situation for me because I think most of the conversation I hear, it's, it's, it's very emotional, right? And, and I, you know, people's reactions to the situation tend to be very emotional. And I struggle with that, right? Because for me, the, the, the question of prenups and all of that kind of stuff, it's a legal conversation that is devoid of emotion. So when you follow all of the commentary and all of that, it's, it's very much, you know, on one side, you have the people saying, yeah, girl, get yours, you know, whatever. And hey, right on, sister, get yours. You know, and then you've got people on one side, a lot of times guys on the other side being, oh, no, she don't deserve this and she doesn't deserve that and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think it tends to miss the mark. So that's been my major struggle with that. So I spent most of my time thinking about the implications and less of the sort of social media, Twitter, knee-jerk reaction stuff that's, that's been going on. That said, I did read the... the the list of things and I actually have it in front of my face and I I just have to shake my head and go seriously. I, I don't, I don't understand it. I, and I get it. It's not my place to understand. And people will say, yeah, mind your business. You know, you don't live the rich life and therefore you won't understand what it's like, but you know, that, that doesn't add up. It It just doesn't add up.
0: 900 K for entertainment. I think that's what I'm stuck on. I'm like, who is entertaining you? Is Beyonce coming to your house every weekend? What is going on?
1: Sixty thousand dollars a month for education, so tuition and living expenses. Two of your kids are—I mean, one's twenty-three and one's nineteen, I believe. Yep. So, who's going to school? Where are you going to school at? It's sixty thousand dollars a month, and what are they teaching at this school? Like, might, we might as well be going to space.
2: <sighs>
1: like, if we're going to space, then I—you know—cool, it makes sense. Otherwise, I just, I just there's not a uni in America that would cost sixty thousand. It just isn't mm. so. Mm. Those, those, are, those are my general sort of thoughts, and we can get oh, into details later.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, Aya, what about you?
2: Um, I agree that like the list was ridiculous, like $900 for entertainment. Like, it was a bit, not a bit, it was very, very out there. But I do believe that she is entitled to something substantial, but I do think that list was crazy. Okay,
1: fair enough. Okay. So, sorry, can, we explore, can we explore that point entitled really quickly
0: okay yes uh, what do you mean by entitled (laughs) by entitled i
2: mean that she had an education had i guess was starting a career as a lawyer she gave that all up to i guess manage their home and their children while he was able to like go on tour and do all these things and not have to worry about the day-to-day activities of his kids so i believe she deserves to be compensated for that because she did that for like 20 years she could have done her own law career and been whoever whoever in the world but she gave that all up to support him so i do believe she should
1: be compensated for that
0: okay (laughs) multi
1: okay so this is gonna i guess right out the gate this is gonna go off the rest. so i i guess my my struggle with the the entitlement argument is what you have to people with such a wide imbalance in earning potential or actual earnings in the moment. You know, we get into this conversation of well, someone sacrificed something for the benefit of the couple for the home, et cetera, et cetera. Um, not knowing that 20 years down the line they would get a divorce. And therefore they need to be compensated commensurate with the sacrifice that they made. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But the problem is how much is enough. Right. Because if we if we sit there and we say, as you know, the man and the woman in a relationship, you know, she stayed home and took care of the kids. What value do you put on that? Right. People will say it's invaluable. Right. It's it's just as, you know, in, in our more progressive conversations about women in the workplace, et cetera, we talk about it and say, you know, women. You know it's just as difficult a job as actually going to the office right anyone who's spent three hours around a screaming toddler knows that that's the case right but what mm-hmm. value do you put on that right so mm-hmm. it, it's when you say compensated it is we are making someone whole or we're, we're providing something to someone who has sacrificed and has suffered and therefore needs to be re- re- rewarded accordingly right and, and i think that reflects, in, and of, in that conversation, in that framing, it reflects the imbalance that we're talking about that makes this thing really, really different, right? So I find that bit problematic, right? Because that, that imbalance, she sacrificed something, and therefore, she needs to be paid back for it, right? It's, it's, it's a tough one for me, I guess, is, 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 is how I look at it.
0: So are you saying because we can't put a value on it, we shouldn't be measured? Or are you saying sacrifice was voluntary? Or are you saying, you know?
1: So I, I have no problem. And this is why I say there's the emotional and there's the legal element of the conversation, right? Because they live in California, I believe, which is a community property state. Yes. Right. So anything that you do in California, once you are married, any property or any income that is amassed over the life of the, the relationship, once you're married, is going to be split between the both Yes. Right? Unless you have an agreement or a document that governs that kind of relationship. So when you sign one going into that relationship, right, you are essentially forfeiting your ability to make all of these claims later unless there are specific terms in there that allow you to get out of that. Right, And that, that's what I'm saying. is You can, in their case specifically, there is a prenup. Right she's saying he threw it out, whatever that means, right, mm-hmm. but there's a legal process that has to be undertaken to throw out a prenup essentially or to renegotiate a prenup and change the term et cetera that they both have to consent to
2: yeah.
1: right so that's that's the, the the difficulty in their situation. I think more generally though it's it's a conversation about sort of the history of the prenup and how it works, obviously the patriarchy and how that that sort of works alongside all of this stuff um, and then how it manifests every day. I don't think it's that you shouldn't get any money. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But I'm saying you can measure, but who's going to decide what the number is. Right. Cause Jeff Bezos's number to anyone is really, really high, <laughs> but it's a number Jeff Bezos didn't mind, didn't mind paying for it to go away very quickly and quietly. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the, you know, this one is acrimonious and we'll, we'll sort of get into it, but I, that's sort of where I'm struggling is, you know, how do you quantify the sacrifice, right? So to Aya's to point, she was a lawyer, right? She started her career, et cetera, and she opted or she, she sacrificed that to stay home, raise some kids, right? These are also people of means. So when you are people of means, you have the ability to do certain things that other people don't do, right? You don't have to rush back to work three months after having a baby. Mm-hmm. Right? You can take some more time out, right? but you can choose those things as a couple b- because of the means that are accessible to you at the moment. Right? She could have gone back to work at any point over that time, but it wouldn't matter anyway. Because even if she went to work, right, some people would make an argument that says, well, she took some time out. And if you look at the numbers, when women take time out to go and have kids and they come back, it does affect their earning potential, or at least that ceiling potentially. There's an impact there. So it's how, do you, how do you quantify it? What is enough? Where is, where is, where is the, the line that people want to draw? The document will specify that legally, and that's what people need to follow.
0: True. Okay. So I think, I guess for the sake of those maybe who don't know, or who are not sure, we kind of go through the list because this is actually a temporary list. Obviously, I guess COVID and courts, your divorce is not overnight. So Usually it will take time to schedule, you know, the hearing and if it's going to trial, whatever else is going to happen. So this list apparently is for the interim before that happens is what she wants to get paid. And from what I read, I guess right before they split, what she was spending a month supposedly was even more than this. What she was you know, spending or getting a month was $2.5 million. So technically she actually dialed it down. That's crazy. Yeah, it's wild, right? So let's just go through the list. Um, we talked about $900,000 for entertainment, $135,000 for new clothes, $10,000 for housekeeping and laundry services. She's asking for $60,000 for tuition and living expenses, $125,000 for charitable contributions. That's another one that stumped me. 100 dollars for her mortgage. Twenty thousand for telephone, cell phone, and email. So I don't know about you guys, but I don't know what cell phone provider she uses, or how or why her emails are costing twenty thousand dollars a month. Maybe she has someone manage it for her, but still, do you pay that person twenty thousand dollars a month?
2: Definitely not. So it's California,
1: <laughs> strange things happen still? in California.
0: I mean, you you're giving $125,000 a month as far as charitable contributions. How, why, how, why is that a standard? Do you understand? Who are you giving it to and why is that number so high? And,
1: and how know. are you giving someone else's money away?
0: That's, well, I guess technically she's, I don't know, my money is your money. I don't know how it works.
1: I, yeah, I guess, fair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I think just going by that list, once again, we've already agreed that their earning potential is high so therefore their spending potential would be high as well <laughs> but even on that note a lot of these things don't they don't just add up that's just the truth so i do want to agree kind of with one motif saying that it's a thing of okay get your pound of flesh or whatever maybe she knows that by the time the up, you know the judge grants the prenup. She's going to be getting a lot less. But the thing is, they still haven't told us what is in the prenup. I think that's something else that's confusing me. What is in the prenup? That way we can know if she's getting cheated or if she's just greedy. I don't know. Has anybody seen anything as far as details? Well, no, or,
1: well, you're not going to see the details of the prenup. I don't think because yeah. one, but, it'd be private.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and and if the prenup were to leak you know, and, and it become public what the amount of money is, you know, that it's public relations nightmare for them, right? Because no matter what, if Dre, at whatever point that was signed up to, you know, oh, you will get nothing, you know, people will call him harsh and heartless and all the other stuff, right? And if she signed up to say, nope, I'm, I'm not going to get anything, well then, oh, look at that now, she's a gold digger. It's, you know, so you're going to, for them, there's just no way they can make it public. Is So I guess
0: it's just a matter of, but I don't know, it's weird because I'm like, if we don't know, what the fight is about, how or why are we picking sides? Not that we're supposed to pick sides, I guess, but obviously... No, they should we really be picking sides. Well, part of public opinion, because why else is all this dragging out, you know, in the news and the media? Why are they releasing all this stuff? We don't, it doesn't concern us, you know, so... I because
1: it's an industry that makes money by making this public, right? Exactly. You know, yeah, so much, some, every... I, I, this is what, Capital Extra in the UK is the site I'm looking at on this right now. Right? Capital Extra has it on their site. If you go online, it's all over the place. So as, mon- as, mon- as long as you can drive clicks, you know, you're making money. So people, ca- people will care. Right? It's messy. It's salacious. It's right. good for a chat. We see the eye-popping numbers and everybody's brains explode. You know, and we <laughs> talk about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then something new drops and we talk about it again and again and again. It sells.
0: <laughs> well, you're not lying. I think what is also confusing is that all this information is just coming out, right? So all of a sudden now, you remember that you own the trademark. Where was this <laughs> a few weeks ago? Then all of a sudden, he remembers that she stole money, 400K. <laughs> like, are these people playing us because what I would hate is for them to come back later and say, oh, we decided to work things out. I'll be actually very angry. I <laughs> invested a lot personally into this too. <laughs> so, <laughs> the person who in their divorce, okay. that I want them to get divorced, but when you've, brought it out and made it such a thing and everybody's talked about it and dissected it. And, you know, and then you come back later and say, Oh, just kidding guys moving on. And then maybe he will release, you know, an album or do something, you know, (laughs) launch a business and we're supposed to what not be mad or not be offended. So, okay. On the topics of getting a prenup, I think that's where all this starts from. And that's my problem with her. She was a lawyer. She wasn't just a random person like us that maybe we didn't read the fine print or we didn't know. You are a lawyer. I'm assuming you at least have an idea what legally binding documents mean and you would have been able to go through it or know what questions to ask your attorney. So how did she get herself in this mess in the first place is what a lot of people are asking. Like you have an edge over the average person because once again, you are a lawyer. What are we missing? She claims she just did it to show him that she loved him for him and not his money. But sis, here we are now, 24 years later. so. Clearly, that didn't work.
2: I, I can see her perspective. You know how we just talked about how people will call her a gold digger, or this, that, and third. So I guess for her, it was like, okay, this is my way to show that I'm not in it for the money and I actually love you. But again, rookie mistake. <laughs> she could have done better. She could have done better.
1: But I guess I, I wonder though, right? Because you know, part of the... I think, was it, was it Adele, whose significant other... Is also suing for divorce or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. People were talking about that for a little while, right? You know, when when it's the man who gets a woman to sign a prenup, there's this conversation about, well, I don't want to appear as a gold digger, therefore I will sign this prenup. Um, you know, so I show my love or whatever it is. Right. But again, in, in in the other case, right, it's the guy trying to get the money or whatever it is. And you don't hear the same conversation necessarily. So I think there is a there's a gendering of that conversation that's a bit weird. But beyond that. Just the mere fact that the um, prenup is there, right? That's a the emotional part of that is oh, I want to show that I love you, blah, 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 blah. That's fine. But the prenup is a legal document that doesn't care about your feelings or your emotions. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you're gonna if you're gonna sign it, sign it knowing it has nothing to do with feelings, it has nothing to do with hardship or anything like that. It's in black and white. Deal with it.
0: Can I argue with that? Okay, so then she signed the prenup. You know, they're young. I mean, by the time she met him, he wasn't a nobody. So, you know, there's that part of it. He didn't obviously have as much as he does now, or he didn't have bits by Dre, all of that. So they've signed it. Fast forward two years. He's, you know, makes a whole show out of the fact, you know, you're my ride or die. I'm tearing up this prenup. We don't need it. You know, our love has been proven in two years. We're fine. One, she's a lawyer once again. <laughs> you know that someone just saying this print-up is no longer in effect does not mean it's no longer in effect. So why didn't she push for it to go through the you know, full you know, cancellation, go to the court, dissolve it, let it be done with? Was it also a, I don't want to push so it doesn't look like I'm a gold digger or what? How do you just take his word for it? And him too, or he too, I don't know what the grammar is. Why did he lie or pretend? He just did the symbolic tearing, but he knows full good and well that nothing was done legally. So what's going on in that situation or in that, you
1: know? Well, do we know that for a fact? I mean, those are allegations. No,
0: no. He did come out to say that, yes, he did tear the prenup, but it's in effect. So he has admitted that he did tear it up, symbolically, the paper. But of course, it's filed in the courthouse. So that paper you told doesn't mean anything. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe she just had a baby and you know, the joy and excitement. I don't know what happened at that time. They don't tell us how or why they got to that point, but he did it. And I guess for her, she was fine and happy and secure and now filed for divorce. And he's like, Oh, gotcha. There's a prenup still in effect. I think it's
2: very, that was kind of irresponsible of her though, like to not follow up on that. all these years but i mean i guess it's not something you're actively thinking about like a divorce if your marriage is good
0: fair enough what do you think about that like what would have been his point was he just trying to disarm her was it i don't know caught up in the moment what what could that have been about like why do that
1: i I mean he you know so there's the rush of the rush of blood to the brain element of just in a moment of excitement and passion and you know being overcome with emotion he did that or there's the, sinister, the more sinister, you know, he was manipulating her, and, and, and try, I, I, I couldn't speculate one way or the other, really. I mean, it seems a weird thing to do. If you are that committed to tearing up a prenup, you would have gone through the legal process and you'd get your legal, your legal representative to draw some stuff up and sign off and, and do all of that, right? So not doing that is weird for me. Um, which makes me feel like it's a, it was a spur-of-the-moment conversation potentially that they had, and, and that's what resulted in that. That's, again, you know, the courts will have to decide, is that a verbal contract?
0: You know, we try not to, Black Lives Matter, all the stuff going on, but oh, you no. know, people have brought in the race thing, you know, the fact that, I don't want to say statistically because I don't know the statistics, but as far as maybe in popular culture, I would, let me just use that, you know, when you have celebrities and um, athletes and things of that nature, people seem to think that, you know, white women or Caucasian women, whatever the case may be, are more vindictive, right? So if we're a black woman, you know, she would make noise, they would give her something and that would be that, right? She'll probably just maybe try and cash out more on the publicity or appearing, you know, doing interviews or whatever. But with, you know, supposedly with Caucasian women or white women, they really want to like draw blood and will draw every last drop of blood until they feel, okay, you know what, I'm good. So do you guys think this has anything to do with race or is that just us trying to find something where there's not?
2: I mean, I can't. I don't see anything in the case that has indicated anything racial, but I do agree with what you said about how um, Black women handle divorce versus how white women handle divorce. So I guess...
1: I, I don't know that race necessarily... You know- I haven't looked at the statistics, so I can't really say, so that that's it for me seems like without additional examination of like data points, et cetera, it's just anecdotal, and I'd rather not speculate one way or the other, but I, I don't think there's a racial component to how people necessarily deal with divorce. Okay.
0: Fair enough. I mean, to be honest, at first I didn't because she's kind of a bit racially ambiguous. When I saw her pictures, I didn't necessarily think white woman or black woman. I just figured somewhere maybe in between, a mix of different things. So I don't necessarily believe it has anything to do with that. I do think, I mean, 24 years for anybody is a long time. And depending on what you're used to, depending on what you have invested, you definitely want to, you know, I guess make sure you're comfortable. And She's also brought about claims that there was domestic violence involved. Now, I feel like she kind of sprinkled that just to make it more. I really suffered and I deserve this. How true it is, I don't know. Once again, the lives these people live—not just by having money, but by virtue of being in entertainment—right, their own rules seem to be different. So, could very well be that she was, you know, I don't know, abused because she said she was abused before the marriage and then during the marriage but then this is 24 years later so i don't know if she was abused during the marriage does that entitle her to more like a bigger payout what do you guys think about you know like why would she even bother dropping that because she just said it kind of oh, Hey, by the way this happened moving on
2: i think that that's really terrible if that happened, but I don't see how it's like translates to getting a bigger payout. Is it like okay, you he beats you four times, that's two thousand dollars per beating?
0: <laughs> like, like, I don't get how that no,
2: that's
0: the pity factor, right? Because it's going to be it, it makes him look horrible. You see what yeah, I mean?
2: Because of public opinion, agreed, yeah. So
0: and I think even if you were to go to court and say, hey, he did all these things to me and I still endured it and I stayed because I wanted to make things work and I wanted my kids to have, you know, mother-father relationship. And then after all that, he doesn't want to give me anything. Like that's going to draw sympathy whether you like it or not. So True. is it a True. sympathy thing? But domestic violence is not a joke though. So I don't know.
1: I'm erring I'm on the side of, you know, leaving the domestic violence allegations untouched. Um, I think it's a, it's a sensitive area. And I will just leave that one by the wayside. I think what's, again, there's the emotional sort of, you know, so the way you guys are describing, ladies are describing is the sort of the emotional appeal, right, is, ah, well, I was abused, and therefore, um, you know, I might need more money, or I deserve more, et cetera, et cetera. The fact that it leaks out into the press, I think that's probably what's behind that. Um, As to the veracity of the claims, I I don't, and I'd I'd rather not speculate.
0: Okay, so final question on the topic. Would you get a prenup? Why or why not? Mm. No, chat wants to answer. Moti. <laughs> answer.
1: Oh, I, sorry. Was that for? Yeah. So I guess for me, I, I will. I will happily sign a, a prenup. Mm. Um. I don't. You know. I'm. I, I don't inhabit a world where I think. You know. Oh, everything that I. You know. I will always have more money. Because that. That's part of the conversation. I think when when guys are looking at it. Right? Until you've dated or been in a relationship with someone who makes more money than you. You never actually realize that. So when the shoe's on the other foot, you start to go, oh, actually, wait a minute. In this one, I'm the lower earner because that's, that's when the prenup actually matters, right? When you're super rich, mm-hmm. you know, if you're making 10 mil a year or whatever it is, and your spouse is making 70 mil, 70k a year, you know, you're looking at that like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a badass. I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the breadwinner. When she's making way more money than you, you know, you then have to look at that and go, actually, okay, well, what's, what's fair here? right? So for me, I'm happy to sign a prenup. Um, If it was the other way around and I made more money, I mean, prenup or not, I think whether you have kids is is one of those key determinants, right? So there will always be, you know, alimony and child support and all that kind of stuff, you know, and you can hash that out. But the one thing you do is you, you try to do things as amicably as possible for the kids. So a prenup for me is not the end, right? It's not, we have a prenup and therefore conversation over, let's abide by the prenup and walk away. You still have to, do the things that you need to do for your kids and survive etc and you need to try to maintain a certain standard of living for them so i i get all of that and i think that's that's probably the safe thing to do is to resolve this amicably without relying on legal process and the documentation so i would happily sign
0: okay
2: i uh, what about you? i i would be fine with the prenup as well um I try to see it as, just like you said, more of a legal conversation, but it's impossible for me anyways to remove the emotional aspect. But still, I think I would be fine with signing a prenup.
0: I guess I'm the most irrational person here. For some reason, the idea of somebody asking me to sign a prenup, I mean, nobody has asked me, but I'm already upset. Just <laughs> okay.
1: well, well, let's, let's unpack that. Tell us, why are you upset?
0: I think because... Once again, I'm not trying to be, you know, Disney happily ever after, right? I do understand that when you're going into it, you're hoping, you're praying. It doesn't always work out that way. But I think for me, if I'm, you know, kind of on the fence, because a lot of times you think, okay, if things go south and this person becomes the absolute worst, you know, that's why you're selling the print up, right? Because you're hoping you guys can resolve it. Sometimes you really can't. And it's only the print up that saves you from this person, you know, maybe taking you to the cleaners or whatnot. But my greater you know, worry would be if I have children with this person, then money is the list of my problems. If you're a horrible human being and you're going to, you know, not give me, let's say what I'm due or if I'm the one who has all the money, you're going to try and take me for all I have and we're going back and forth and we're, you know, exposing each other and we're angry and we're, what about my kids? Like I have children with this person. So for me, somehow, the money thing is kind of the list of my worries. I somehow feel like, if I still have to co-parent with you and there's so many other things that I have to do with you, then, I mean, do we put all that in the print up? Do we determine, you know, behave yourself for the kids, or I don't want my kids around you if you're acting crazy or say it was a case of domestic violence, you know, all of that. So somehow I'm like money is such a random trivial thing in the grand scheme of things. Like if I were to marry you and things were to go South, I wouldn't be worried about money as much as I'll be worried about. I have children with this monster assuming he's the person who defaults in the whole thing. So I don't know why. I mean, maybe apples and oranges, but I feel it's just money.
1: It's it's not prenup or bust, is it? What do you mean? Well, so what I mean is, you know, if you don't sign a prenup, Mm -hmm. there are laws that govern and dictate in each state in the United States, for example, how your divorce is going to be handled. So if you're in a community property state, they are going to divide that right down the middle.
0: Which I don't mind.
1: No, I I get that right? okay, So, from, from yeah. because prenups won't touch child custody conversations, etc. You can't specify that in, in prenups. So it's ultimately it's only about assets exactly. and money.
0: Exactly, That's which is what I mean. So if the if the states or okay, this is assuming you're in you know abroad. Yeah, if
1: you're if in Nigeria. Nigeria, for example, it's a different <laughs> game, right?
0: You're not getting anything. Maybe if I was in Nigeria, I would feel differently. But I feel like if there are already laws that govern what will happen, why are we going out of our way? to create, you know, quote-unquote, what works for us. If the states have already determined in their own, quote-unquote, experience and wisdom, okay, this is what is fair. Because a lot of states, they will say, if you've been married for less than 10 years, I think that's a popular one, maybe there's only certain things, that states who are not community property, there's that, I keep hearing that number 10. So after 10 years, they feel, okay, you've, you guys are in a lot of time and effort. If marriage was in good faith, you get, you know, blah, blah, blah. Why then do you feel the need to, Go beyond that, or do something different. Like that's what I don't understand. Like,
1: and I think this is why it's important to sort of talk about the, the history of the read up really quickly. Okay. Because these weren't things that everyday people did, right? You know, so there was a time where women couldn't own property, right? True. And then they said, okay, single women can own property, but married women are now part of a unit, two have become one, and therefore, why do you need to own property in your name now? If that guy kicks the bucket, all of a sudden now you have problems. So that was part of the driving force in terms of how you could get that. Now you move on and then you see wealthy families with daughters who are trying to marry, marrying dudes who have no money. And they're like, oh, we want to protect our daughter's assets and her inheritance and everything. So we won't, we will make them sign this prenup to keep safeguard her assets from this guy who we think is less than, right? And so you have all of those dynamics over that time. But what you end up with is, Community property became a thing, and then no-fault divorces, where both people didn't have to agree. You could just say, okay, fine, no fault, and we can dissolve the marriage accordingly. Community property and the no-fault introduction is what then prompted people to go, ah, wait, we need to define this up front, but it's usually for high-net-worth people. right? We are not yet there. right? We're on our way there, but this is a conversation for people with a lot of money. Now you're getting people sort of in our more millennial generation, et cetera, who are starting to sign these things. Mm-hmm. And these are people who aren't necessarily insanely wealthy or whatever it is, right? If you've got 10 billion, you know, and you gotta give away five, cool. But if you got, you know, a hundred thousand and someone tells you to give fifty away, you know, it, it's gonna hurt. So I think that's what you're seeing is this evolution is a conversation that doesn't necessarily involve us, sure. that we're all now participating in.
0: But I feel like, especially since you know, the first time I talked about it on the podcast, a lot of people reached out and it's even people who are making, like you said, 100K less than are talking about, oh, I need to get a prenup. I'm like, over what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Because you do understand that you know, the way it's set up, supposedly kind of fair, where you're splitting everything, debts, you know, assets. It's literally a, you guys came together, had a life. Okay, now... You, even if the person is owing money, you also start owing money. Do you see what I mean? Which I think is cool. But when you start doing things like, mm, I think you're only worth maybe 20K. Or I don't feel like I should give you any money every month, even though I told you to stop working, you know, all those other things. It starts getting a bit too, maybe it's the patriarchy of it that makes me mad because a lot of times it does favor the man or the man is the one making more money and, you know, obviously pushing for the up in what he thinks is fair. Say you got married and you were making, you know, whatever, say a million. And to you, you were going to be the person making more money because the woman is making way less. And she somehow found something or starts some company or whatever and starts making way more millions than you. Are you still going to want to honor the prenup? And a lot of them are like, mm, we have to rethink. So clearly, <laughs> you're usually using the prenup as a, I have money. This woman, I don't think I can come and take my money. I think maybe for me, that's what makes it annoying. So maybe I'm not being objective, but... I do feel like a lot of times the men are just using it as a tool to put the woman in place, quote-unquote.
1: I mean, if we want to have a conversation about the patriarchy, et cetera, I think that's a whole separate podcast that we need to do. Because, right? you know, I, I think, you know, in the community property thing, I think one thing that we need to sort of be clear on is, you know, there's marital property and there's community property, right? So the community property is the stuff that you accumulate while you're married. Yep. And so the, the stuff that you bring to it before then, um, you get to keep if you were yep. to sign that document, right? So, so how the prenup affects the community property in those community property states or other states is the question, right? Can you wall off successfully everything? I, I, you know, as someone who doesn't currently make, you know, a couple hundred million dollars a year, would I would I care as much right now? No. You know, but if I did have a hundred million in the bank today. And I had to have a conversation. Would I be comfortable exempting that 100 million from the conversation? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's what I need to hear. So, you're yeah, in my good books. So. <laughs> 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 that's what I wanted to <laughs> confirm.
2: I was going to say, I read a story on Twitter. Well, this, I guess it's supposed to be real life. This guy was divorcing his wife and they had a prenup. So, come to find out, the wife came into like a large inheritance from like some. Distant relative, and now the guy who was insisting on the prenup being honoured is now saying he doesn't want to divorce again. <laughs> <laughs> that's what <laughs> he said. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. He was like, he "Review the prenup, or he's not divorcing again." Which so is the point. Exactly. The,
0: for me, that's the kind of thing that gets on my nerves. Right? If you were wealthy, say you were, like Muti said, you had a like hundred million, a hundred billion, and you were going into a marriage, right, and you said. I, this is my own money, it shouldn't be touched. I actually wouldn't be mad at that because you had that money before you met me. I don't have any claim to that money. But once we get married, every other thing going forward, even if it's just the interest, if it's the new businesses, if it's the, I think that's fair game because now quote unquote white unit was supposedly doing this thing together. Don't be trying to tell me you can only get 5,000 for every 10 years you spend. That's to me, it's anyway, I don't know. Whoever is going to marry me, if you're listening to this, don't try me, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I can see.
1: <laughs> but I guess, do you do you do you care that much about the you know? Because when, when when you're together, right, you're married, mm-hmm. and this is where we get to. How do you separate money when you're married? You know, oh, we're a unit, we're a unit. But in reality, though, are you a unit financially? Because You're both bringing in your separate incomes. You have your fixed expenses that you need to do. You've decided how much you want to save, et cetera. If we really wanted to, we could do the math and figure out how much you contributed and how much he did or Mm -hmm. she did. And then we could figure out what the split is. And then we could split everything down the middle and everybody can enjoy them. Mm -hmm. Right, but it, it never it, the conversation never goes along the routes of, well, what did you contribute and what did I contribute? I contributed more, therefore I should keep more, and you contributed less, therefore you should keep less.
0: But then, like we said before, that's because there's always other things you're quote unquote contributing that you cannot put a financial whatever whatever on.
1: Yeah, but the money, so but the, why should money compensate you for that stuff? See, now I'm being, I'm being a bit you of a Okay, so for
0: example, <laughs> in, in the UK, right, they get, well, like you can get up to a year of maternity, but obviously the longer you stay home, the less of your pay you get. So you're still getting paid, but you're not getting paid the full amount.
1: Yeah, you it's go to fine. statutory, yeah.
0: Yeah, so for example, that's not my fault because you can't carry the child as a man. I have to be the one to carry the child, right? And if it's in the best interest of us and our child for me to be home longer, by no fault of mine, I'm getting less money. So if later on, we're going to- It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice that we both make, right? What if he disagrees? What if he disagrees?
1: Yeah. What if he thinks she should go back to work?
0: For example, according to research, it takes a woman 18 months to recover, like her body, you know, mental, physical, to recover from having a child, right? And of course, we're not here to talk about the laws on, you know, maternity leave, which is another thing. But a lot of companies, because run by men, of course, believe that you need eight to 12 weeks. So when you compare 8 to 12 weeks to 18 months that science has proven, of course, there's a huge discrepancy. So everybody's you know, pregnancy will be different. Some people will have issues. The founder of Iroko TV said his wife, after giving birth to their third child, was in a wheelchair for five months. Like That's how badly the pregnancy did her. She couldn't walk. So do you see what I mean? That kind of person, going back to work is not an option. Even if your husband feels you're yeah, just being a baby, Joe, go back. Because guys will always give you, oh, my mom, she was pregnant with 10 children at once. She was backing one, laughing one, carrying the other one on her head while pounding yam. Do you see what I mean? So what the man feels or thinks, sometimes, you know, it can't really be objective because he didn't go through that experience. But you also have some women who give birth and literally a few days later, they're like, okay, cool. I remember one of my aunties, well, to be fair, that was like her, I don't know, ninth child. When she had her baby... It was close to Christmas and the hospital wanted her to stay because, you know, you need care. And she's like, I've done this so many times. I know what's up. I have, you know, family at home. It's almost Christmas. I need to go home. So she checked herself out. This is what I mean. So you have people like that, but you also have people who have a child and they're just like, what just happened to me? I can't function. So what the man thinks, to be fair, to be honest, cannot really be objective because he did not. You know, carry a human being for nine months and push that baby out, or however the baby.
1: Yes, but you're asking him to then compensate her accordingly in the event of a divorce.
0: Once again, he did not carry a baby for nine months and push the baby out. The thing is, this, right? If you both agree that, you know, we want kids, this is what we're going to do, which is what I'm saying, even if there's going to be a prenup or whatever, that means there needs to be longer conversations. It can't just be, well, I'm looking at my finances. If you're not going to look at every other thing that, because the whole idea is I'm the one going out. I'm the one hustling. Maybe I'm the one singing or acting or whatever it is you're doing. Thinking of the ideas, you know, Apple, Amazon, whatever. Okay. So you're also trying to say she doesn't deserve anything because she didn't do anything. You get, that's why I'm assuming the whole idea of quote-unquote compensating her for what she's doing comes about. So I don't think you will ever be a fair conversation. I don't think there's ever any, I don't know, right or wrong, I guess. Depends on who you ask and what they're on. Well, there's
1: there's you know. definitely some wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's definitely. It's Depends definitely on who you ask. Some... Because to the people asking, they're not wrong. That's why I said <laughs> there's no right or wrong. I right. mean, 900K to me seems ridiculous because I don't have 900K. I've never had it, so I can't imagine spending it on entertainment, but who knows? I just want to know God. what she's been. I just want to know what entertainment entails, so I can work towards that as a future goal. That's just you
1: know.
0: <laughs> I can't. Wrap when you
1: find out, let me know too. So around I can, that, I can get it.
0: But anyway, so enough of the prenup conversation. We're going to talk about online dating, and I guess first of all, have you either of you guys tried ever online dating? Yes. So I don't know if your opinions are valid or not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so I'm um, the person who actually hasn't tried it in the three of us.
1: I'm not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> what does that even mean? What do you guys mean? By the would like to know. Let's, let's talk about it outside the podcast. <laughs> I don't think it's more to know.
0: This is the problem with bringing people that you know. They're trying to explain. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so you guys at least have experience with, like, you know, online dating and all of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, if it's expectations or if it's a gender thing, but I feel like a lot of times what you get is women saying, you know, guys on dating sites are not serious or maybe just a fun thing to do when they're bored or it's just for hookups, whatever the case, it seems like most women, I don't want to say maybe African women, cause I can't speak for women of other races go on there because they actually want a relationship that, you know, would probably lead to marriage. And a lot of times the guys are just maybe trying to see what's out there or just chilling. A lot of people, especially, you know, lockdown, people can't go out. Even people who weren't, you know, pro online dating have started going online to date. And I'm getting a lot of men are trash, men are trash, throw them in a trash can. Because (laughs) you will have people who they meet, you know, I know someone who met a guy, you know, went on like, you know, a few dates or whatnot. And after a while, the guy was like, "Mm, I don't think my family will be comfortable with certain things. So I'm out. And she's like, well, you know, you did know these things coming in. And then the guy just literally just, this is my problem with women. You guys, you guys, you guys. And, you know, washed her down and blocked her. You know, some of them book dates and don't show up, which I'm guessing happens. You know, both people do that. Of course, the usual, you, you know, people posting pictures from when they were in primary school. And then you see them now and pictures don't lie. <laughs> <work. laughs> <laughs> so... There's just a lot. So I think maybe, okay, first takes, like what is just your own general, maybe opinion or experience from online dating? So I guess we can start with Ayo.
2: Um, I mean, I've heard of some of the things that you've mentioned. I think it really depends on what you're looking for. Like if you go in looking for, oh, I want to walk down the in one year, then you will be disappointed because that's just not what's happening online. So <laughs> uh, that's just not what's happening. So um, I think it really depends on what you're looking for. And then you yourself, you have to be serious now because you know how like you swipe, 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 thousands of matches it's kind of like there's an overwhelming amount of people so sometimes you like match with several people but you never speak to them and it's just it becomes more of a thing to pass the time swiping as opposed to like actually like making meaningful conversations with people that could lead to something more serious
0: okay fair enough sorry did you say you got a thousand matches or are you just giving like example
2: no I'm just I'm just <laughs> giving I'm just I'm just saying
0: Okay, okay,
1: okay. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. bows to you. Wow, <laughs> a thousand. No, I, I, so I guess, you know, for people, suck is, is, is the, the easiest way to describe that, right? And I'm not exempting myself. Like we all suck at different points in our lives. We do some things and, you, you know, questionable, whatever it is. And all of those things just transfer online, right? So to Io's point, the Swipe Olympics. It's quite exciting, you know, when you're bored, you sit there and you swipe, see how many people you matched with, you check them, and then you keep swiping, right? You don't stop to have a conversation or whatever it is. You know, and I think there's a problem with the algorithms and some of the apps that you have now, where it's just, let's swipe and see how many people we match with for fun, because it's an ego boost. We're not really out here looking for any. That's one category of people. I think, two, there's the people, there are the people that you describe where it's like, ah. Oh, You know, everyone online is looking for something serious. So I can play on that for a little while, and I can manipulate people and do all of these things, get what I want, and then bounce, and just say we aren't compatible, and that's the end. Um, Online dating has advantages, right? Because depending on which site you join or which app you're using, you, you have some of these conversations, and you try to sort of feel people out, et cetera. It's never going to be foolproof. But you do understand that we are here for a very particular purpose. Right, and I think that, that is an advantage that you don't necessarily have. Plus, in this day and age, right? You know, I remember you know, stateside, when you meet someone in public, you, know, you can chat this person up and you can have a conversation, you can ask for a phone number, you can get it, you can do that. In the UK, it's, it's, a, it's a different game. People are, a lot of people are getting introduced to other people. It's not, you know, it's like, mm. oh, this is my friend. This is my friend's friend. Therefore, meet my friend's friend and you guys can maybe date, right? There's not a lot of these spontaneous, at least in the people that I know and the people I've met, it's just spontaneously ran into someone somewhere and they became a thing, mm. right? So online dating is a really, really good thing, especially in big cities where you don't necessarily know anyone or have an established friend group. It gives you a foothold. Or an opportunity to at least be people. And some people will use them for that, right? So you just have to, you know, we, we all suck and we all, we all perform online. So we never really tell the truth about what it is that we want. Um, and that's a problem. When people are being honest about who they are and what they want, it works. Um, and when people are being dishonest, the same as in person, the same thing carries over on.
0: Okay. Fair enough. So not to be, you know, man bashing or anything, although it seems uh, like-
1: Men are scum. Let's just go ahead and put it out there now. Men are scum. Men suck. You know, I'm not going to defend them. Carry on. Over, over. Back to you.
0: So no, I'm just saying because I was going to say you have the traditional sites, you know, all the Tinders and Bumbles and, well, Hinge and, you know, what have you. And, you know, Christian Mingo, people are getting scammed on Christian Mingo as well. So I don't think it's, you know, whatever...
1: Exactly. Time to get me started on Christian Mingo.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, I've heard so many crazy stories. It seems Christian Mingo is actually worse than... You'll see all kinds. It's like, you know, farmers only, the ones for, you know, just all kinds of smaller groups, you know, Asian this and Black Connect and, and what have you. But the story is still the same. So I don't think it's erasing. I think people just, like you said, suck across the board. But in the times of COVID, for some reason, a lot of people are conscious about being, you know, online. You know, someone was telling me, oh, what if you know, somebody I know sees me on the dating site. I said, what were they doing on the dating site? Like, what <laughs> <I don't> not understand. <laughs> people are, you know, conscious about, even if I do, you know, go online today, I don't want people to know, or I don't want to be exposed to whatever. I don't know what they're afraid of. So people started coming up with their own, maybe smaller groups or, you know, turn out to be someone who knows someone that knows someone, especially, I guess, maybe in this example, a lot of Nigerian people did do that. You know, I know about four or five different people. But the story still remains the same where there are a lot of women that sign up, literally, and there are no guys. So they're like, hey, people, we need more guys. We need more guys. We need more guys. And then the few guys that are there are literally like, I've hammered, like, this is just me, an eligible <laughs> bachelor and, you know. A large talent pool. For- that's what with- Flavor Flav or The Bachelor or whatever you want to call any of these, literally just a whole bunch of great women, quote unquote, based on their resume. And these guys are just acting up and acting out. So you have this one is sleeping with this one while talking to this one and calling this one while he's in that one's you know, house and just messy, messy, messy. So you know what these dating things are for. You know that people are, you know, getting older, trying to settle down. What are these guys doing? Like, I can't figure it out. I don't know if Ayo can figure it out. Moti, you probably are in the best position to help us explain what is the mindset behind that. Like, you know what this thing is supposed to be for. You go into it and you just lose focus and start breaking hearts and causing drama all over the place. I feel
1: like I'm on the spot now.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean in the spotlight we are <laughs> no, really so, uh, no uh, you know, not knowing any of these people personally, I think what what tends what what happens in my in my experience and, and you know with people in my circle, et cetera, and some of the conversations we have, I think you, you find yourself when you're around a lot of all right, fine. So as a guy, and I'll speak for myself, when when you're in an, in an environment where there are a lot of eligible women etc and it's just you right so when you go to the wedding and they say oh the guy single guys come out you know and all the girls have gone out to catch the bouquet and then it's just like three single guys at the wedding you know that look that people give right we've all we've all heard the conversations and we've seen the people looking back and forth or whatever it is you, you just have options yeah. right and when you walk in there most people will be like oh well, why don't you just pick one and go right but there is something seductive about options right and if if you are it's not even about being shallow it's just you want to know you want to experience the options so when they are there and laid out in front of you there is a part of you that's like hmm, how do i know which one of these is you know the best well let's, exactly. let's start figuring it out it's hard to decide one, two, it, it's hard to decide so you try a few <laughs>
0: You guys are talking as if you're buying shoes.
1: <laughs> you no, know, but listen. But listen to what you're asking people to do, right? You're you you are asking someone to show up and pick a life partner, right? Out of a group of people just standing there, right? Or at least pick a shot at some, a life partner out of a group of people standing there. That's a lot of pressure. That's a difficult decision. Exactly. And if, before you make it, you want to be sure. So you, you have to sample a few things, mm-hmm. see what you like, see what you don't like, what works for you and what doesn't. Right. Yep. One of the things that's really challenging and you describe like, oh, he's calling this one from there while he's at this one's house, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, one of the challenges in this thing is some of the stuff that you won't like doesn't materialize in a month or two months or three months. It might be six months. Right. Whereas someone might do something on the first date, and you go, yeah, I'm not. Nope. This is not going to work for me. Right. So what you're asking them to do is essentially invest in someone for six months to find out that this isn't going to work when they could be doing that and seeing a number of other people as well and then zeroing down and narrowing their options.
2: Exactly. They could be testing multiple people simultaneously and then filtering down as it passes. At least that's the idea.
1: Yeah, it sounds awful. But realistically, (laughs) you are looking at a really wide pool and narrowing that pool down to decide the person that you want.
0: You guys see why I'm not on dating websites. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: but <laughs> listen, the, the dating websites, you know, you, you've done them all, right? You, you meet some good people, you meet some crazy people, you know, you have some great, good experiences, bad experiences or whatever, right? I think it's, it's never, if you are sincere about what you're looking for, right? You swipe. When you match with one person, but there are four other matches out there who have also matched with you, you know, you don't just match with one person and stop swiping. You keep swiping and you're still talking to that person. Now, you might decide after two or three dates, I quite like this person. I want to see where it goes, right? Or you might go, eh, it's not great. It's not awful. But it's not great. It's not setting my world on fire. So I'm going to keep swiping in case something else that's better comes along. It's the promise of better. And the apps and the websites have basically brought that to your doorstep and said the promise of better is always there now it's at your fingertips your ability to find better is right there at your fingertips and that's Mm -hmm. always going to be seductive
0: so okay say you match with someone you guys are going on a couple of dates you guys actually start you know dating dating i know a lot of times people would say or agree okay you know what since we're dating and we're trying to see if things will work let's you know leave the app right or let's you know disable our accounts or whatnot Most times the girl will and the guy won't. So that's usually a thing. They're like, oh, I still found, you know, his app was still active or he's still getting matches or he's still chatting with other girls. Where does the, okay, accountability or whatever come in, right? Is it that people are not setting the right expectations? Like as a guy, do you just say, hey, you know, for now I'm still matching with other people or is this something you keep to yourself as, you know, in case I need this, let me use this. That's, I think, another confusion for me. Are both people on the same page? Because it seems to me that, the girls are getting, oh, there's this guy I started dating and we're dating, dating. So I'm focused on that. And then in this case, or in the cases I've heard, the guy is still actively, yes, I'm dating you, in, to you we're dating, but to me, I'm still on the app, I'm still matching, I'm still going on dates, I'm still, you know, living my best life. I'm going to say
2: something very off-brand, very, very off-brand, don't, don't eat my head off, but okay. <laughs> So we've agreed that, okay, the guys are dating multiple people at the same time. The woman, she finds the first person and it's like, okay, yes, I want to marry you right now, you know, but why? Like, why don't women explore their options? Why do women just wait for the one guy to talk to me? Even like when you think about shooting your shots, right? If you don't shoot your shots, you're only going to have, your dating pool is going to be people who like you and not people who you like. So it's like, maybe women also need to chill when it, when they approach dating, like, for me, I don't see it as once you meet someone, you guys are walking down the aisle. No, like chill. Dates, get to know each other. If you guys decide that you want to take it to the next level of like ex- exclusivity, then that's cool. So I think for me, I'm just seeing it from the perspective of like, yeah, the guys I date around, but why, I mean, the women should too. Like you shouldn't just zero into the first person you match with on Tinder.
1: I, I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly, right? Like I- Yeah, I I try to avoid the generalizations, but I'm going to get sucked in here. So you, you just, you know, I think guys are more comfortable with the idea of dating multiple people, I think, because of partly of how we've sort of been socialized, right? So they don't say, oh, find the one. That's not what you're necessarily looking for at the beginning or whatever it is, right? So you dated one. And then you dated another one, and then you dated a couple more, and it's fine, right? Whereas I think so- socially, you know, there's the stigma attached to women and, and, and how you, that manifests in dating and relationships or whatever it is. It's the same conversations we have about sex and if you, you know, what's your body count and all that other nonsense that people like to talk about, right? So your expectations going in, if you have expectations, communicate them. And if the person cannot meet your expectations, walk away, right? So if you if you're looking to marry and you're like, look, man, I'm here because I think you're an eligible guy and I want to you know, explore marriage and the guy's like, Yeah, it's too soon for me. Go away. Don't hang out and try to have a conversation and see where it goes. Yeah, you're not changing his mind. Come on, be going, right? Because while you're out there trying to, you know, do stuff and oh, let me twist this and do da, he's still swiping. Right? And he's going to find something exciting and he's going to run away for a little while. And he's going to come back. Right? So I think, yes, please, women, explore your options. Um, always explore your options right? until he comes correct. And he's like, look, you know, he states very clearly, I want you to be my, you know, is a girlfriend we're calling it or whatever it is that we're calling it today. This, this is the deal. Exclusivity, all of that. You have to have that conversation. You've got people who say, oh, it's not romantic when you're like, oh, I just, you know, we were just talking. Shut up. <laughs> if, 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 he hasn't, if he hasn't said it, he hasn't come correct and said this is what the game is, then you are still single, my friend. Go and be enjoying. All right? Yeah. When we go to weddings, I always enjoy those MC ladies who are like, oh, even if you have a ring and you have not gotten married yet, you are still single. Come out. Come out and catch bouquet. You know, if, if he's not going to do the right thing, come out and catch the bouquet. You are not you are you are single. Enjoy.
0: Okay, fair enough. So Pretty much, the issue you guys are saying with online dating is mismatched expectations, and I guess women having that whole idea of "I met this person, I think this person is the one," but there's no commitment. But they are committing, I guess. I don't want to say to themselves or to the idea of the guy.
1: No, that's not what I said. Though. <laughs> that's what you said. Now you said that. No, sorry. When I when I heard it back from you, I was like, ooh, that. Mm,
0: that's
2: not what
1: no so i don't think this is you know women are doing excellent no so as guys that there are hoes you know these you know these dudes are out there doing damage Mm -hmm. right so that's that's not for a second you know women have expectations or whatever no 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 guys are scum they're out there doing crazy stuff they're lying they're you know deceiving people and doing all of the things that they do that, you know, lead women to then sort of respond the way that they respond. So I think we need to couch that and say, yes, that's definitely true. And I think that's probably actually the overwhelming majority of the people that we're talking about is guys who are just hitting here and there and just running around and are still having fun. If you.
2: Will. Okay.
1: Right. In these circumstances where a woman is like, Oh, I'm looking for someone to marry, you know, that's where I think there should be, they should explore their options. Don't narrow down to one guy and it's, oh, I'm just going to date this guy. Even if you're in a stage where you want to get married, explore, right? You, how many people do we know that went to, you know, or I got to keep it out of the, you know, people who went to a church that we both know, you know, after a couple of months that people are popping up engaged and whatnot, it's like, ooh, okay. You know, in the house of the Lord, maybe it works that way, right? But in, in, in the broader society, et cetera, it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So explore your options. And, you know, do what you got to do. All the eligible bachelors are there. I mean, I love the shoot your shots point. Women, shoot your shots. I know I have some friends who would shoot me for this, ladies. But, you no, know, yeah, shoot your shot. You know, don't narrow your pool down to the guys who come to you. Explore. The... Have a good time. Mm-hmm. Take some of the power. Otherwise, the guy will be like, oh, I, I chose you. You know, you, you, you'll, you'll say, oh, well, these are the options I had. So I picked the best of the bunch. Nah, there's probably some good ones out there because some good guys are shy and just will struggle to shoot their shot if you shoot you might help out Mm -hmm. and i can i can hear those friends in my head right now saying oh but you shoot (laughs) your shot and then he's gonna think you're cheap and all that kind of stuff and those guys are out there and they're assholes too and you know we can't fix everyone shoot your shot that's all i'm gonna say
0: okay so i guess you both agree on which i to be honest i do agree with shoot your shots i don't think I think we've passed that time and stage where women are like, oh, you know, I am have to just be here and wait for whoever finds me, right? Um, I guess the question then is, if someone is too shy to make a move and you shoot your shots, does the honors now fall on you to keep being the one to push things in the relationship? Because that's another thing I hear people say, like, if he can't even, let's say, walk up to me or approach me, then am I going to be the one pushing the relationship the entire time? Like, am I the one trying to say, okay, hey, We've dated for a year now. Are we going to get married? You know, things like that. Does that translate? Or is it once you and the guy have, you know, gotten over the initial shyness that he's experiencing, he will then now start doing the necessary?
2: I think it depends on the guy, obviously, because there are guys that will approach you and chase you as though they've never eaten in their lives. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mind you, the only plan is to make you of know what? Sorry, you what? You'll be engaged for years. And it's like, okay, you chased me, so what? So I don't think that necessarily translates. It really just depends on the person. I think, like, when you first, like, shoot your shots, that's, like, I guess, icebreaker thing. The ice will be broken and both of you will be more comfortable to, like, I guess, decide where you want to go with your relationship. But I don't think it really translates to, like, the girl having to now, like, carry the
1: rest of the relationship on her back.
0: Mati, from the last agree or disagree?
1: Well, I, I, I agree. And I think, you know, like I said, we'll do a podcast about masculinity and the patriarchy and all that stuff later, right? Because there's no... People have written the rules about what should and shouldn't happen, right? So we, we have Fred have said, you know, a man will leave his father and mother and he will find a woman and he become one. Therefore, it means the man must shoot his shot, right? That, that's, there's a school of thought that, that has articulated that in, in social circles, before, right? But it wasn't that long ago that his mom and her mom would meet, negotiate, talk about it, set up the match they've never met before or they've met briefly and they've talked for a few minutes or whatever it is. Oh, pop, they're married. That still happens in some people's cultures today, right? And people, are, and people are great husbands and great wives and, and, you know, they have great lives and they have kids. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, you know, and you, you, you grow in and you do all of those kinds of things, right? So I, I'm like the, the expectation game that we play is, is, is a challenge, you know, and the rules, we're all living by different rules. Oh, if he approaches me, he has to have a certain amount of confidence. You know, this is just, it's performative, right? Because the guy, there, there are plenty of guys who will come up and talk to you about stuff and, and say all kinds of stuff, A, B, B, and all the other nonsense that people do, right? Cat calling, et cetera. They've got confidence. But what are you going to do with those dudes? Nothing you're not interested. I mean, some people are interested. That's, that's up to them. Whereas you have other guys who are really shy and they struggle and they'll probably need to tell their friend that, you know, they like you and maybe the friend will tell you and then, okay, fine. Yeah. Here's my number. He can call me, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, does that make him any less desirable? No, he just didn't do the performative dance and thump his chest in public and all that kind of stuff. You know, that that's, that's the struggle for me when it comes to the shoot your shot stuff It's just, it's largely performative at the end of the day, because most of your relationship will not be in that vein, right? That's just the, here's how we get the door open. And then when they come in the house, that's when they have to figure out how. Actually, I
0: mean, when you put it that way, it makes a lot more sense than.
1: <laughs> I mean, because you know, you know how it is, right? You get a lot of people like, ah, you know, he didn't X or he didn't Y. Or, you know, he came to talk to me, but, you know, his hands were dry. So here's an example, right? You, you have a brief conversation with someone, and then you ask them for their phone number. You say, I'm going to call you tomorrow. And they go, okay. And they give you the phone number. It's like, what do you expect to happen in that situation? You expect them to call you tomorrow, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. But when they call you tomorrow, then it's like, oh... He was too clingy, but, but he said he was going to call you tomorrow, right? So the, the, the rules are weird, right? Do you, when you get the number, do you call tomorrow? Do you call the day after? Do you call the day after that? How soon is too soon, but how late is too late before it doesn't mean anything anymore? It's largely performative, right? If you are feeling the boy or you are feeling the girl, just, hey, hi, you know, my name is, do an intro, have a chat. If you're interested, cool. And if they're not interested, fine. And everyone move on, like, shoot your shots and go home. Okay. and don't judge people for shooting their shots multiple times in the same environment you don't own the place please
0: <laughs> you know what i won't even take that bit because <laughs> 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 we need to wrap up but um i guess the last thing i wanted to talk about was whelming which i like i said maybe i know people do it but i haven't heard them use that term i'm what said you know humble bragging which is true but it's the whole idea of men, you know, complaining. There's just too much attraction, too many women on my case. I'm so tired. I even have just had a date, you know. I, I don't find that the least bit attractive. Why would you go on a date with someone and tell them your history of who else is chasing you and what else you're doing? I'm guessing it's a, see me, I'm a hot thing. Like, you're even lucky, you're blessed that I agree still in my presence, But to me, that would just indicate emotional immaturity and that would probably be the last date. I don't know. What do you guys think?
2: I think it's kind of odd. Like, I don't see the benefit of saying that. Like, I think I've never experienced that before. I've certainly never done that before. But I think if someone said that to me, I would just find it like distasteful,
1: really. It it sounds stupid to me. Um, It just seems like a really weird thing to do. Just, you know, oh, yeah, you know, this girl was blowing up my phone last night. all this other stuff like who the hell do you think you are (laughs) just you know the, the level of arrogance and and you know no one cares in the moment you should be focused in the moment right if if we're on a date it should be about what's going on here right now in this moment right if you ask me a question about something that requires me to explain something then so be it but barring that it should all be about what we're doing right here right now in this moment So to go around humble bragging and trying to stunt and it's peacocking, right? Again, performative, right? You're just putting up a front and putting up an act, (laughs) stupid, (laughs) stupid things.
0: Okay. Well guys, we have come to the end of a very, very interesting podcast. Before we sign off, do you guys have any parting words, advice, last words, whatever you want to call it on everything we've discussed today or anything else, I guess that tickles your fancy my
2: passing uh,
1: <coughs> words shoot your shots I, I mean i concur shoot your shots
0: <laughs> okay guys you heard it from moti you heard from hug your Ayọ. shoot your shots if anything happens i will leave their social media handle so you can face them if things don't go right Peace. But
1: <laughs> yes face me let's go go
0: <laughs> but thank you guys so much come to the end of another amazing podcast until i come your way next week bye